there's someone you should meet. Welcome, welcome, friends, to the season premiere of season two of There's Someone You Should Meet. Not going to lie, when this first started, I was like, are there going to be multiple seasons of this? And now there is. It's because of you, and it's because of my wonderful guests who have been awesome to talk to. And we are pumped with our first guest of today, Mary Elizabeth Kelly. If you enjoy celebrity impressions and just listening to wonderful human beings in general, then I think you're going to enjoy this episode. But before we get to her, I have to do my arbitrary self-plug of stuff, so just bear with me for a sec. If you have a good time listening to today's episode, just please give it a like, subscribe, five-star review, whatever's there on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, you can give me a follow on Instagram and or TikTok at JD underscore Myatt. Uh, those pages, I post a lot of dumb stuff that I think is funny, but also give some updates uh, on the podcast and future guests. So check it out. And whew, yeah, all right. We got that out of the way. So with all that done, let's start the show. Thanks again and enjoy. Welcome in, friends. There's someone you should meet. So I must say, when we look back at the year that was 2020, most of us probably shudder at the thought or simply try to think about something else. And while you'd be more than right in doing so, believe it or not, there were a few bright spots that came from that year. And today, I'm proud in saying that my guest is indeed one of those bright spots. In addition to being absolutely hilarious, my guest asked a question we did not know we needed to be asked, and that is, do you know about mouth acting? And this new phenomena created by my guest not only impersonates, but also captures the little idiosyncrasies that we know and love from our favorite celebrities, primarily, well, through the mouth, like say a little underbite, maybe a, a side grin here and there. And that question she posed led to over 15 million views, 3 million likes, and hundreds and thousands of followers through TikTok and Instagram, where you can find her on her handle, at Mayor underscore Kel. She is an impressionist, a comedian, actor, and content creator. Please welcome my guest today, Mrs. Mary Elizabeth Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Welcome aboard. Uh, I am so so stoked um, about this. Seeing kind of that that blow up, that's uh, that that initial initial video. I've always been curious. What was that? Because of course, on social media, when you post something, and then after a few seconds or so, you get a little notification that says, "Oh, so and so liked this video," and then you may get another one. For something like that, do you mind just taking me through that day when that blew up blew up for you? Was it kind of you posted it, went about your day, and then your phone just started? just bu- buzzing or go- going off the roof what just what was that like for you to kind of personally experience like something kind of like ha- happening in the moment really yeah i mean it it is it's wild it's kind of like you think to yourself how is this happening right now like and it all feels very unreal because you know it's the internet so you know it's not like millions of people are physically coming up to you being like I like what you're doing. You know, it's like little faces on a screen. So it's strange at first. Cause you kind of think, Oh, this must be a fluke. Like, yeah, I, I posted it. I think, you know, at 7 PM or something like that. And went about my night um, and went back to check on it. And it had already gotten a ton of views more than anything I had ever posted before. And I was like, Oh, this must be a weird thing in the algorithm or, you know, like, why would anyone be particularly excited about this compared to anything else? Um, and then I think people just kept sharing it and more and more, it was just getting views and views. And I went to bed being like, Oh, that was cool. You know, I got a lot of views on that one. And I woke up and it had like 
2 million views in 12 hours or something like that. Like it, it had had already just a huge number of, of views. And that's when I was like, oh, maybe this is going to be like a super viral video. Holy crap. Right. Um, and then this guy named Declan, who is, um, he, I think he works for Twitter. He's on Twitter. He um, posted it, like he downloaded it from TikTok and posted it. And then it went viral on Twitter. And so that kind of came back over to TikTok and got me even more views. And it kind of like went through the cycle again. And it, I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it. But I also figured, you know, this is my 15 minutes of fame and then it'll be done. And you know, that's that because, you know, things go viral and then nothing ever happens again. But um, I got lucky. People kept, you know, people wanted to be along for the ride. So, yeah. So what, so what did it take for, so you mentioned right there, like maybe this was just flash, flash in the pan or, you know, one glorious, you know, week yeah. <laughs> where this thing, thing blows yeah. up. What was kind of uh the point, because I think you've mentioned before how this kind of was a turning point uh, for you just in, in your career, I guess, how soon after or whether it was there another video, because you've done like a part two and a part three. Yeah. Uh, about that. What did it take doing those or whether it was, a, was there another successful video that for you kind of mark kind of mark the turning point? Gosh, I mean, I really think that sort of set everything off. But it's funny with every video I post, it's like you know, it can go mega viral and, um, not necessarily garner any, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily like get a call for a professional opportunity from it, but then I'll post, you know, some random thing. Um, and you know, that doesn't necessarily go crazy viral, but from that someone notices it and sends it to someone else, you know, and from there I would get, you know, a, an audition or a meeting or something. So, Honestly, like the mouth acting thing definitely catapulted everything into like, oh, I now feel like I have all these eyes on me. And I think it did garner me most of my followers at the beginning. Um, so that honestly felt like the turning point because I had been posting like a couple of different like accent videos and stuff that I'd done pretty well. But that really was when, you know, I was getting calls and stuff and my, I, my, reps were like, maybe we should start thinking about, you know, like my, my, my professional life, you know, along with the video, my professional life was also like being presented to the world kind of. Mm -hmm. Um, so that kind of, yeah. And then, I mean, a couple months ago, yeah. In September, I posted like a celebrities, react to meeting your dog or something or slowly meeting your dog um, on Twitter. And that went like crazy viral. And from that, I got a lot of, that felt like a, another sort of turning point for me into like even a higher direction. So yeah, it kind of keeps building on itself, which is great. That's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so before I uh, move forward, was that a proper definition of mouth acting in the, <laughs> in the show, just for those who were, who were uninitiated, you know, maybe meeting you for for the first time. I guess, kind of, what's your elevator pitch when someone's just like, "What? Like, what is that? What is <laughs> what?" Yeah, is, is honestly, like, to me, it is a style of acting in which the actor primarily uses their mouth to emphasize their lines or to, um, you know, bring meaning to the line. Um, and there are people who do this only when they're acting. And then there are people who do this just that's how they speak is like, they really use their mouth. Um, but it came about cause I was, I was watching Pirates of the Caribbean and Johnny Depp, I noticed when he acts, especially as Jack Sparrow does like this sort of weird, like side mouth thing. And Keira Knightley was also, you know, very intense with her speaking and, um, her, you know, teeth and such. And so I thought, oh, that's kind of funny. I feel like a lot of actors do that. Um, and so I kind of made a little list and just posted it and mouth acting was born. Now you're, now you're an actor yourself. Yes. Do you have ways when the camera, when the red light comes on, <laughs> do you have a little, do you yourself have little idiosyncrasies that come, that come out or that, that you know about, or anyone's told you about? For sure. I definitely, I'm an eyebrow actor. There we go. Yes. I am. Um, I definitely do a lot of like, 
I guess the listeners can't see, but uh, the eyebrow, eyebrow raise, yes. Um, yeah, definitely an eyebrow actor, I would say. Not as much a mouth, but yeah, I'm guilty of that at times. So you uh, before so before that happened, you were you were already doing kind of impre- uh, impersonations, impression videos, and that was kind of a part of your repertoire already. What's your what's your earliest memory that you can recall of do of doing impressions? Whether well, I was just impersonating your mom or a friend or a friend (laughs) what's like the furthest back that you remember kind of starting pulling that out yeah well that's the thing I actually didn't I really wasn't posting like I wasn't doing impressions really like the first video I posted of impressions is mouth acting on TikTok I mean I had done a couple like these are my impressions of people from Downton Abbey or something but nothing really like formal because yeah I went to school school for theater you know and it's very it was like very dramatic and serious and so, you know, with impressions, you don't always think, oh, this is, this could be like a career thing for me. Um, but yeah, when I was younger, I used to do imp- just impressions to make my friends and family entertained. Um, so I actually have like a stand up sort of set that I do, and I discuss this more in depth. But um, my repertoire as a kid consisted of Martha Stewart. I did Martha Stewart in like a student play, I did an impression of her. And um, Catherine Hepburn singing, interestingly, and um, Fat Bastard from the Austin Powers franchise. <laughs> I, I'm I'm eagerly awaiting when that the, when that comes on your TikTok yeah, feed. I think I heard that in the previous yeah. interview you did, and I'm like, this <laughs> this needs to happen some at some point. Yeah, and um, that that was sort of that was it. Uh, a very you know varied um repertoire but yeah I would do like you know if I was watching a movie with my friends to make them laugh laugh afterwards I'd do impressions of you know the movie we just watched or it really was just like interpersonal comedy between friends and family so um I didn't really do you know anything formal but yeah those are my those were that was my trifecta as a kid so guaranteed think, laughs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Speaking of guaranteed laughs, uh, I think I heard in a prior in a prior interview that you were uh, when you were living in New York, um, you did nannying for mm-hmm. a while to kind of pay the bills. Did this come? Did this come in to play at all? Like, where was this kind of a, a go to to try to entertain those those you're you're watching? So, did anything kind of that you were trained to do help you in that arena as well? Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, babies love facial expressions. I mean, they love, my mom used to call me the baby whisperer because we'd be at a restaurant and I'd like make a crazy face at a baby and they'd start laughing. But I, I definitely think, um, with babies and toddlers, it definitely works, you know, kind of like crazy voices and faces. (laughs) Um, but I did nanny, um, tween age boys two twin tween age boys in New York for a long time and they were not into any, any of that. Oh no. <laughs> they were not interested at all in me making any kind of, you know, <laughs> comedy choices. They were like, stay as far away from me as possible. Um, but yeah, definitely for the little ones, they love it for sure. <laughs> so, well, I'm sure you have time. Well, sometimes we have a hard time with our, with our one-year-old. So if you just don't mind flying down to Dallas yeah. every now and then to help, help us out. Hey, I've got family-friendly material. You can always play a video. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, 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 indeed. Um, Earlier, you were talking about how you got to, it kind of started with watching with Pirates of the Caribbean. And I've heard, and I've heard that origin story uh, of sorts uh, a few, a few times from you. And I can imagine, I can imagine just with lack of a better term, the stardom that you have, or just like what kind of what this has created. Uh, for you that you've probably had to repeat that story a time a time or two when you kind of look when you kind of look back you know whether it be that memory like how that time was to even like you know before that and your story the stories that you feel like you have to tell a bit do kind of the way you feel about them do they change over time is there a eye roll effect of like oh I gotta I have to answer this again (laughs) or something so does any of that evolve evolve kind of the more the more you kind of have to speak to it yeah I mean I think it definitely um I love to I I'm an open book I'm always like I love talking about anything and everything I love answering questions like so you know any 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 of this it, it never feels monotonous to me um 
but it is funny, like it, it, since it all was happening during quarantine, um, there is sort of a strange nostalgia to it, um, you know, cause it was a time when we were all just, like I was watching so many movies with my husband and my, my best friend used to live um, right upstairs from us during, during quarantine. And so definitely as the more I tell it and the more I look back on it, the more I'm like, oh, that was kind of a nostalgic time, you know, in my life. Obviously would rather have not been in quarantine for multiple years <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because of a pandemic. Um, but it definitely, you know, it was strangely sort of a creative time for me. So yeah, I do, it, it does hold a different meaning now that we're kind of slowly climbing out of the pandemic. Um, but yeah, I never, I never mind <laughs> repeating my stories. No, that is a, no, that's a good point, Brink, because kind of that timing that you talk about it, it does feel kind of in its own little world per se, the yeah. time of kind of being, being quarantined and just kind of in your, in your home for an extended period of time. Yeah, it does, it does feel kind of frozen yeah, <laughs> um, capsule. yes the capsule it's a great way to put it yeah when I hear when I hear pirates I'm like that's kind of a not deep pull but I'm like I'm like I'm guessing that was probably the the fifth choice of the week or yeah, <laughs> or something we were, it was we were like watching through franchises essentially um so we had done you know all the Harry Potters and all the Lord of the Rings and we were getting to the pirates franchise um but honestly, it's like, I say it was pirates, you know, because it is, that is sort of what, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back a little bit, like made me really especially inspired, but just generally watching so many movies during quarantine and TV shows, the thought was already sort of brewing about the mouth acting stuff. Um, but, but really it was just pirates that took it over the edge. So, yeah. Well, my per, my personal favorite also, of course, one of uh, your most popular ones is Drew Barrymore. And I think, I think you said her talk show, I believe actually, did they respond to one? Or I could be getting that wrong. Hey, that I've, I've done um, a couple ads for Drew's um, beauty company, Flower Beauty. Okay. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah. I, I really love the Drew impression because I have uh, the movie Never Been Kissed has a very just random just spot in my, it was just like one, I feel like we have like a set of movies that are yeah. just like a, a part of grow, growing up that you don't really know how you came, you don't know how you came across them. They're they're just there, and Ever McKisses one of, one of them. So I just have a soft spot for yeah. for whenever Josie Grossy uh, <laughs> comes up. So I must ask, what a, a, um, is there a top top three or a Mount Rushmore when it comes to Drew Barrymore? Because I I feel like that's one of maybe your more most asked for or mo or yeah. more popular ones. I love Ever After. That's my favorite. That's one of my favorite movies, maybe of all time. Um, so yeah, I love I love her in that. Um, but yeah, it's definitely Ever After. I love Never Been Kissed. Um, gosh, what else? Honestly, like I love Fifty First Dates. <laughs> no, that's a class. That's my, yeah. that's on mine. Um, so. Oh, and The Wedding Singer. I do love The Wedding Singer. And Charlie's mm. Angels. Oh my gosh. So I have to say, okay, Ever After, Charlie's Angels, Never Been Kissed. Those are probably the top three. Very good. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Very good. I love her. So, well, uh, before this occurred, you did uh, make a few appearances on uh, on some comedies, uh, not comedies, one Comedy Central yes. uh, show and then a Netflix uh, classic, uh, Master of None yeah. and uh, Altertino with Arturo yeah. Tor. Um, Alturo Castro, excuse me. Yeah. So uh, I'm curious with the two with the two characters. So for for our listeners, and Altertino, you have Jennifer who uh, Arturo runs into a, in a at a dinner party mm -hmm. and stuff, and kind of has an uns, uh, unsuccessfully is un, unsuccessfully able to uh, pivot pivot the conversation uh, to where to where he wants it. It just doesn't go well with her, and then you have Valerie who goes on a first date with the season, sorry, and uh, is an interesting, very interesting character, very interesting per person. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, would you, would you yourself be friends with Jen with Jennifer or Valerie? From oh my gosh. You know, the thing is, I, I know Jennifer and Valerie. I definitely, you know, have like gone to high school or college <laughs> with girls like that. Um, 
So I do feel like I know them and I would potentially be, you know, I'm, I'm never enemies with anyone. I, I would be an acquaintance perhaps. Um, would I want to hang out with them 24 seven? No, <laughs> neither of them probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's almost like the Jennifer character. It's like, she's almost kind of t- too, you know, smart for her own good, too woke for her own good. Um, and then, yeah, you know, uh, Valerie's just insufferable. Valerie has, uh, she has a, she has a good support or financial yeah. support system. So I'm, wondering, so I'm wondering, you may be able to go to the Hamptons or something yeah. out of it. She'd be maybe fun at fun at a party, but um, yeah, not long term. <laughs> <laughs> so from uh, so from those experience, I'm fascinated to know just kind of a little get a peek behind that that process. Kind of what was that like? Um, preparing for for roles like those and then and then last year you um got to do a, a comedy a comedy show um yeah right there uh so what was what were kind of some some of the key differences and kind of you know walking onto those stages for lack of a better better term yeah. and like preparing for a role like that and being on camera versus stepping on and being you know and being in front of an audience my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I went to school for theater and so I, I do generally have a, I, I'm not, I'm not, um, I don't really experience like stage fright or like, I really, I love being on a stage and having a live audience reacting in real time to you. Um, so that's what I loved about doing the standup show. It's like you get immediate feedback, you know, and it feels really good. And the energy is just like pouring into you because it's this room full of people. Um, but there's so much preparation that goes into that. I mean, it's like, I did a 45 minute set, all me just standing up there. I had two amazing openers, but then it was just me. Um, so I spent weeks writing it, practicing it. Um, and you know, you have a little bit of wiggle room in between cause it's your own show. So you can kind of say whatever, but ultimately it's like, it has to follow this kind of path. Um, or else you'll forget everything you wrote. Um, so that was really intense. Um, but you know, I loved the live audience aspect of it, but what I love about being on set, especially being on comedy sets is that there's so much room to play around. Um, like those, those, the auditions for both Alternatino and master of none, they were, they were cast by the same office in New York. Um, and they love improv, just let you say whatever you want um, for the most part. So I love that aspect because I love improv. Um, so yeah, I like just being able to play around on a TV, on a TV set or movie set um, and just have a good time and really bring myself to the role um, and not have to do all the prep <laughs> of writing. Um, but there's nothing like a live audience, so. Yeah, there's so how... Um... As one who didn't, uh, unfortunately, was not able to <laughs> attend. So yeah, what was that for? Especially for your first your first show or showing that capacity, yeah. you know, just what was that like? And then kind of what is what does the future hold? I guess in that in that arena. Well, ideally, I mean, I'm hoping to do um, the same show or similar show in LA soon, um, and maybe in a couple other big cities. But yeah, the process was unreal. I mean, Caroline's just like reached out um, through my manager and was just like, or my agent, one of the two, and was just like, hey, we really want to get her on our stage. And, you know, I think when you're mostly making internet content, um, it's really daunting because you're like, all right, I got to walk the walk, you know, like I really have to bring what I do on the screen and prove to people that I can do this in real time, in real life, you know, on the fly. Um, so it was, it was intense. I was, I was very nervous, um, leading in the, in the weeks leading up to it. But once I got out there, I was like, you know what, let's just do it. Um, and it was great. Everyone was so supportive. It was crazy. I mean, I'm from, I'm from the Northeast and my, my parents live in New York and Connecticut and my sister lives in New York and, um, all of my friends and family, so many of them live out there. So they all came to the show and so it was just a warm room, which was great. Um, but yeah, it was nerve wracking, but I want to do it more. I, I love performing live. Um, and I think it's really fun for people who follow me or our fans, whatever, to come and see me do it live. It's a whole other experience. So um, yeah, the plan is to do more. 
apologies if I didn't catch it before. So, but um, when creating that show, because you're talking a lot about uh, improv and being able to kind of roll with it, especially in the TV appearances. Yeah. Was it the same? uh, Did you kind of leave wiggle room for yourself to kind of be able to kind of be a little bit more fluid and have chances to kind of improv or was it a more, was it a tighter structure? Um, of sorts in a more kind of plan, like planned, planned yeah. out. It was definitely very structured because um, when it's, you know, when a set is that long, you need to be able to like memorize it. And and for me, the, the way I memorize best is sort of thinking of the whole thing as like just one long story kind of, or monologue where one thing leads to another. Um, so I couldn't really like switch anything out of order or else it would kind of crumble um but i definitely left moments for reacting to the audience and um or leaning into a bit a little bit deeper if i felt like the audience was into it um so yeah i i yeah i did i did a ton of ucb in new york and and out here in la and i did second city so i i have a lot of like improv training um so it is really fun for me just to be able to play around a little bit but with the live stuff it's really only just (laughs) A little bit. <laughs> yeah, got yeah. you. When it comes yeah. to improv, you said you were never big on stage fright. That was never really an issue with you. When it came to improv, was there a point where, you know, maybe at the beginning it was it was working that you hit a point where it became comfortable for you? I guess was it yeah, was there ever a point where you're like, all right, I can I can be able to roll roll with it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it I mean, I think what's hard about improv is is class improv class is that you are with you know a lot of people you don't know um and you have to just jump right in and and say yes to whatever they're saying and you know even if you don't really know them very well and you don't know how good they are at improv um so uh, but i i really was i i've always i've always just really thought it was really fun um i i definitely better at it when I'm either just by myself, like just sort of doing a improvised monologue or something, or when I'm with doing improv with people I know well, or that I know we have similar sort of comedic styles. Um, But I actually booked a commercial like right out of college for 7up and the entire audition was improvised. I just had to like talk. They would just like give me a subject and I would just talk about it. so once I booked that, I was like, oh, okay. I really like improv. I think I'm good at it. So yeah, I love just making stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. Well, part of your story that I, I'm personally just really inspired by is it seemed that you've, I don't know if change your path is the right way to say it, but it, it seems like you've, you hit, you hit points, you know, maybe like four, like forks on the road, you know, and you might've decided to you know, change, you know, change paths or just adjust what you're doing still, you know, still kind of in the same arena doing, doing what you love, but, you know, first it was, you're in New York first, and then it was moving out uh, to to LA. I believe you were trying to make it on theater. And I believe you said, I think you said to yourself that you're more for the screen than the, (laughs) than the, than the stage. And uh, I I really admire that because I think that's probably, I think in any walk of life of something that's tough for, anyone to have like an initial to have an initial direction and then to come you know come to a point where you make a choice to either you know maybe veer veer to the left or right a little bit or completely change uh, yeah. in gen- in general so yeah just for um yeah for you just when you look back on those kind of yeah on those little forks on the road for lack of a better term were those like diff- difficult to come come to heart like like yeah, didn't want to make it like begrudgingly made or it was like, okay, we, we gotta, we gotta go this way now. Just, yeah. I'm, I'm just fascinated to kind of see your perspective kind of on those moments in your life. Yeah. You know, I think with acting, it's so, it's just a really tough industry that um, no matter how good you are, no matter how hard you work often um, other, other people and other decision makers open the doors for you. Um, no matter how hard you're banging on the door to come down, someone has to open it for you. So that really frustrated me at the beginning of, of my career. And I think I, I let that kind of control me or think, or, or make me think, Oh, Oh, I'm not good enough. Or, you know, it, it, 
it definitely brought me down to hear, you know, to get to a final callback for something and then just be told, no, you didn't book it or not ever hear anything. And I took it really personally for a long time, but I think, yeah, resilience is like, I think the biggest thing you can have as an actor and just belief in yourself and surrounding yourself with people that, that believe in you and lift you up. Um, so I would, I always used to say like when I was first starting out in New York, I would pretty much have a nervous breakdown once a month or, you know, like I would, I would really question my career once a month, once every couple of months, because you're just constantly being told no. And I think something that really made me feel, feel powerful throughout all of that was making my own content and like, um, you know, posting something on Instagram or do, putting a concert together with my friends. Um, that made me feel like I was taking the power back, which really helped with like my mental health and, and valuing myself. Um, and taking improv class and meeting people there and doing improv shows and stuff. So in those sticky moments where I kind of felt like, I need to like, why can't I push past this? Making my own content really just helped me pivot. Um, and the same was the case when I came here. Like when, you know, when you were saying, oh yeah, I, I like, well, I, I studied theater and musical theater in college and I, I'm a singer. And so I figured, oh, I'm a musical theater performer and that's going to be my life and whatever. And when that didn't work, I was like, okay, what do I really love? Do I even really love musical theater performance? Not really. Like, be honest with yourself. So yeah, following following your bliss too is a, is a great sort of North Star in those situations too. But um, yeah, comedy just has always been where it's at. And I think once I really admitted that to myself was when I was able to kind of pivot, you know, push past. You you mentioned community. I think that's, I totally agree with that. That's uh, just such great insight. Do you, uh, do you recall a time or maybe something friend or co colleague said kind of during those tough times that stuck with you to kind of help you kind of ri ride the waves and kind yeah. of persevere? I mean, gosh, so many people, along the way have been incredibly supportive. Like both my parents are just amazing. And I, I was dropped by my agents not long after I moved to New York out of college. Um, I was with them for a couple of years and then they dropped me and I was devastated, of course. And I remember my dad being like, it's just a bump in the road. Like, it's just, you know, it wasn't the right partnership and on you go. Like, you know, not that any, parent would ever be like, well, you're bad, you know, to their kid. But, you know, he's, he could have easily been like, well, maybe this isn't the right path for you. You know, maybe there's something else you should focus on, whatever. But both my parents forever have just been like, no, it's just on to the next, you know, which really is amazing. But my husband is like incredible. And he studied theater in school. And then once he graduated, he was like, the paycheck to paycheck life is not for me. So he you know, got a, got a real, he got a job in advertising and um, now he's absolutely amazing at what he does. But he too has always been like him, him reminding me that it isn't personal, you know, really made a huge difference. Like just always reminding me that I am, you know, there's always room to grow and learn and get better at what you do. But, you know, these casting decisions often are just, they're just not personal. So you just have to continue to be you which I love. No one's ever been like, you should change. You know, everyone's yeah. like doing you, which I think is huge. For right. Sure. Right. To, to anyone out there facing, you know, maybe they've come to a crossroads themselves and they're like, I don't know whether to stay the course or change paths. Would you have any in input or say sage wisdom to pass on just from your own experiences? Yeah. You know, Definitely, um, like I was saying, surrounding yourself with people who lift you up and, um, you know, remind you of your brilliance and, you know, make you feel good. Um, but yeah, I think that that community aspect is huge, too. Like, go join an improv class, go meet other people in the industry, um, because it, it can be really isolating, you know, especially when it, it sort of feels sometimes like you're in competition with other actors, but to make friends in the, in the, the industry is just huge. And you can, you know, 
bring them, bring each other up. You know, I, I have friends now that I've, you know, that I went to college with or that I met right after school who now are showrunners and directors and writers. And, you know, so I think just being kind and friendly and not seeing people as threats or competition, but as collaborators and, you know, helping each other out. But, but yeah, I think, I think the main thing is don't, don't take it personally. Like, of course, keep working on you and keep, you know, try to be the best actor you can be and take class and do the whole thing. But ultimately I, I used to work as a reader for a casting company. Um, so I would sit and read sides with people coming in to audition for mostly musical theater shows and the arbitrary, the arbitrarity, arbitrariness, the arba, I don't know. The, the fact, the, the, yeah, the, the amount of times that the decisions that were made in the room were based on tiny little things that had nothing to do with the talent of the auditioner really astounded me. And I was like, wow, you know, it really, a, 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 a person would come in and just blow me away with how amazing they were. And they'd leave the room and someone would go, oh, they're just like an inch too short. So at a certain point, you can only do the best you can do um, and be as prepared as you possibly can be, but then audition and move on, you know, and just on to the next and make your own stuff. Very good. (laughs) If you can. Yeah. (laughs) I have like an endless supply of, you know, advice and thoughts and such. So um, I can talk about it forever. (laughs) I'm all for them. I need, I need, I need all of the, as many as I can get. So yeah, (laughs) Um, you've, uh, so now you've transitioned into a full-time mouth actor, I guess. Uh, <laughs> now, so yes, always, in a way, <laughs> I've always been okay. I don't know, and if this doesn't go well, I'll I can edit it, <laughs> edit it out. <laughs> um, we were talking earlier that you got to be on, uh, got to, got to be on the Ireland uh, morning show, being yes. interviewed, and I could I couldn't help I couldn't help uh, but imagine what it's like to ask questions about your mouth like doing things with your mouth <laughs> yeah so I, I was is. wondering about the guy he would yes. say he would, he would make certain comments he's like oh like what you did with your mouth there <laughs> so yeah. I'm like I'm like oh man I feel like that's walking a tightrope <laughs> yeah you know I get I certainly get um unsavory comments from time to time that I are in reference that. to that yeah it's a, I mean look the internet is absolutely wild <laughs> I get all kinds of bizarre comments um but yeah, yeah. But no, I really would say like, I'm just, I'm a comedian, I'm an actor and I can do impressions. I do feel like people now comment on the mouth acting video and go, these are just impressions. And I'm like, well, yeah, they are. So yeah, good on you to find that out. But you know, it's, it's the angle, the mouth acting yes. is the angle kind of, but, but um, yeah. Well, so, uh, yeah, since then, and kind of the content that you've create, created since then, how's like your own kind of day-to-day change and kind of how you you know come up with the ideas that that you want to want to do from this because you yeah you mentioned that kind of before that video um you were doing kind of different types of content there and then this this happened so how has it kind of changed from you just as a creator yeah I mean I do so many more impressions now um I it's interesting on on between TikTok Instagram YouTube and Twitter people like different things like things tend to do better on different platforms so that's something I've really become aware of and learned about is um, just what different audiences sort of like. So that's sort of changed my shtick a little bit. Um, but yeah, I do a ton more impressions and, you know, the mouth acting stuff isn't quite the focus as much anymore. It's often, often just, um, yeah, like celebrities react or, you know, um, people tend to enjoy when there are a bunch of different impressions within a video so that they can kind of pick their favorites and you know there's something for everyone in it but yeah I I have like just a running list on my phone of things that I think would be fun to see celebrities do like sometimes I'll just be like in the shower or walking my dog and I'll think oh wouldn't it be so funny if Jennifer Coolidge you know did this and I'll write it down on my phone so um yeah I just have kind of a running list and I'll often film a couple in a day just because there's certain days when I feel more up to it or more creative or energetic. And then other days when I want to post a video, but I don't want to make one necessarily. So I kind of have a couple in the bank. It's kind of just whatever strikes me, you know, are, uh, are you, uh, it's created and then you 
let it let it fly and it's out there? Do you have a fil- filter system? So <laughs> I, I ask because with me, if I think about posting something, usually it's just like I, I turn to my wife. I'm like, is this funny? And if she if she <laughs> if I get like a a chuckle or higher, then I'm like, okay, uh-huh. I can. All right, this is good. This is good enough. Or so yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know if there's a similar system on your on your end. You know what I do is I, I first I I definitely before I even start to make a video I will Google the concept because you know there's so many people doing impressions out there that I will just make sure and like look on TikTok and make sure that no one has done it already so that you know I'm not or if they have you know that I put my own spin on it and tag them and credit them. Um, but yeah, so I, I make sure that first, cause I don't want to make a whole video and then post it and be like, oh shoot, I inadvertently, you know, did something someone else already did. But, um, after that, yeah, I really just, sometimes I will say to my husband, like, is that even a funny idea? Like, but I, I definitely won't film anything until I, until I go, oh yeah, this is definitely something But sometimes people will get cut. You know, like I'll, I'll be making a video with certain impressions and, you know, something won't, I can feel that it's not really hitting. And so I'll just not include it in the final edit, but yeah, I really, it's really fun for me to be honest. Like all of this is just, it, it can be exhausting, but it's really very fun. Um, so I kind of just do whatever, do whatever feels good and hope that people like it. And often sometimes they do. And sometimes they don't. And I'm like, okay, whatever. At least I had fun doing it, you know. Well, here, uh, here in Dallas, it's 100% success rate. So Woo! we love it. <laughs> so we we def we definitely appre- appreciate it. Um, oh, good. I guess uh, yeah. One of my, one of my final questions before we go to our next uh, section is just kind of uh, I think you mentioned wanting to have uh, new shows here in the future. So I just wanted to ask, just what else um, down the line? Just uh, what it, what are kind of the plans? I guess. Uh, even though it's crazy, we're already a month in into the yeah. new, into the new year. So, uh, but yeah, just what are what are things that maybe uh, your followers can be looking out for um, from yeah. you in the future? Um, I've been auditioning like a crazy person. Um, so hopefully, you know, a spot on a TV show or film coming up soon. Um, and yeah, hopefully doing my show here in LA and in a couple other cities. And um, I'm a writer too, so I've been writing um, some stuff and like kind of pitching it around town, seeing, um, who might want to help me make it. So yeah, everything I'm, I've got, you know, I'm everywhere and making a bunch more videos. Very nice. Is that, uh, that makes me curious. So when you're for an audition now, I guess, um, today versus maybe five, you know, five years ago or, or so, I guess is what you, what you submit, has that even, has that even changed? I'm imagining like when you submit now, now you're, you're probably, you may be including your TikTok account now or content yeah. done, done before, I guess. What does, what does that look like to someone who just has no familiarity with, uh, with Yeah. Yeah. Work? I mean, I, I don't know what my agents necessarily are presenting, okay. but, but what's fun is that, you know, there are certain, um, you know, directors or showrunners or actors who follow me or are aware of my stuff. And so, sometimes I'll get calls like an audition comes in directly from that person that follows me or whatever. So that's obviously very different because before this, I, no one knew who I was in terms of, you know, um, internet notoriety. Yeah. I think, I think it, it, it is appealing. I think to a lot of casting directors to have someone come in and potentially book something that has a built-in following already. Um, Cause that's, viewers that would come over and watch the show or watch the movie. So yeah, I think I, I just may have become a more appealing client in terms of auditions and stuff, but yeah, I'm also, you know, I'm much less green than when I was, when I was first auditioning and I would say I'm a good auditioner now. So yeah, I'm getting more auditions, but I do think I'm also, you know, doing better auditions as well, which is part of the whole thing. Um, But yeah, it's exciting. Good. Very cool. Yeah, we're excited to see uh, what happens. We'll be on the we'll be on the lookout for sure. Yay. So uh, yeah, so just for this next section, if I may humbly humbly ask, um, <laughs> so I did mention impre- impressionists. So I imagine listeners may want to may want to hear a couple. So I just want to sure. uh, um, 
I just wanted to ask if, uh, yeah, we mentioned Drew, yeah, Drew Barrymore. I guess if you could envision Drew Barrymore being on this podcast right now, yeah. how, do you, how do you think that would, how do you think that would probably go? Oh, gosh. With I feel like she'd be so thankful <laughs> to be here talking to you all about, you know, how to be an actor and advice she would give. Um, and she'd be super nice and a great listener. <laughs> I really, I really just have a list of just like compliments about the show and I'm just, yeah, I just, yeah. Need, I just need different, I just need different celebrities so I can great. put like taglines. <laughs> Happy to do there. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, like a bunch of different spokespeople. That's great. Uh, yes, of course. So yeah, if I could have, <laughs> if I could just have Jennifer Coolidge try to try to hype people up to try to listen to the there's someone you should meet podcast oh god listen to it there's someone you should meet and it's josh <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh, i love how she's god I, uh, <laughs> yeah you brought i think i heard on the interview you brought up uh her her latest uh her latest show uh, white lotus and uh i was there it was uh it was actually on the morning show um I think they you're on. But anyway, the yeah. the point I was making is you brought up White Lotus, and I I like raised my hands up because that was my favorite. <laughs> that was my favorite show. Uh, oh, it's la- so good. last year, and she was the I I really do believe she was like the best part of. of oh that my god! Show. Yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> beyond! I saw her speak about White Lotus. Like I saw her in the cast speak, um, on like a panel about it, and she's just she's just the same in real life. She's just charming and funny as hell. And just, she's a great person. So yeah. <laughs> she's fun. She's fun to do. No, my la- uh, so my last, my last request, um, probably my second favorite to, uh, to Drew Barrymore is, uh, you did a, you did a Kerry Washington impression and we also oh my watched, gosh, yeah. we watched little fires everywhere and yeah. her expressions where your ears are just <laughs> spot yeah. on and it, it's just like a con like to me it just feels like a constant about to panic or just something's about to just so, like set yeah. off <laughs> she's all the time such an amazing can- actress yeah she's incredible yes yeah, yeah. I, say, I say this all as yeah oh yeah to, oh yeah to, to, yeah, uh, she's definitely her. a mouth actor for sure yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable so uh but yeah, yeah i just want uh i just wanted to see if carrie washington can maybe just be like cautiously optimistic about about listening to the pod <laughs> oh my <Podcast>. gosh optimistic <laughs> um it's like she doesn't maybe maybe something's wrong with it but she'll she'll try it she'll try to yeah. listen to it anyway <laughs> i have <laughs> never i have never listened to this podcast before but now that i have i will never stop listening <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> she's the best <laughs> I, just, I felt like a little flowers everywhere. She captured that look like so many, like so many times. And so oh my when, gosh, I, yeah, when yes. I saw it on your feet, I was like, that's, that's just, that's brilliant. So yeah. <laughs> well, when I made you. the first mouth acting, I didn't include her and everyone was like, you have to include yeah. Carrie Washington. You must. <laughs> she's like the ultimate mouth actor. Um, but yeah, she's, she's great. I love her and everything. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much yeah. for indulging indul- me <laughs> there. Of appreciate course. it. So, yeah. well, here on the show, we like to uh, we like to wrap up with two questions um, for for each guest. Um, so we're gonna um, wrap it up here. These last two for this first one, before getting to be on Netflix and Comedy Central, before mouth mouth acting was was mm-hmm. invented, um, what is a moment in your life that made you feel like the coolest person in the world? Oh my gosh, before all of that, um, the coolest person in the world. You know, I, when I was in fourth grade, I think, or fifth grade, I, my dad used to work for Entertainment Weekly and uh, they had like a take your daughter to work day, take your kid to work day. And I met on a gas tire and Molly Shannon, they like came to, as like guests to meet us. And I had, we, we were like, um, you know, little, little interviewers, like we were little journalists and we got to interview the, you know, celebrities. And I, at the time and still am 
was, I was obsessed with SNL. I was like constantly watching it and to have them walk in and talk to us and me be able to like, so we got to sit down one-on-one and like interview them. Wow. And it was, I felt like the coolest person in the world. I was like, this is the coolest thing that has ever happened to me in my entire life. Um, so yeah, that's maybe incredible. that, that is, that's the best answer of the season so far. So that it is, was amazing. a wild experience. And to now be like an adult and realize the significance of that. I mean, it's crazy. Cause that was like peak, like superstar. And they're like that, that SNL run with both them. And then Will Ferrell's on the show as well. Yeah. I feel like I was like one of the most popular eras. It was like a show. monster season. Yeah. They were, they, and they continue to be really su- successful and funny actresses. So um, I feel like Molly Shannon yeah. could be a good mouth acting candidate yeah i haven't done well. her i feel like i need to do i i, I have done on a gas tire only in a, in a mean girls video um <laughs> but i might have to i might have to focus on them more yeah, yeah you know they're my it. best friends i interviewed them so yeah and yeah. another white another white lotus um yes um appearance from, yes, from molly, molly. i know <laughs> so funny so good <laughs> that's such a nice person too it seems like they all seem so nice that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. Did you get any, did you get any groundbreaking news from your, from your interview? Did you have any hard hitting questions? You know, I don't really remember. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Um, yeah, I know. Me, like, grade, you know, so. exposing, breaking some story. Um, I do have a picture though, which is fun. Oh, somewhere. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. That's, that's so cool. All right. Yeah. Well, for our, well, for our final question, it's a, uh, what is the last thing big or small that brought you joy? I had dinner with my mom last night. My mom is visiting from the Northeast and we had dinner together last night and just talked for hours. And, um, it was just, there's something about, I mean, I I have a great relationship with my mom and, you know, there's just something about being with someone who knows you so well, you know, where I just felt like I could just be me and relax and it just um, brought me down to earth and brought me joy. So that that's per- that. That was perfect. Yeah. That was a per- perfect way to end. Um, Good. Mary, this was as fun as it gets. Um, thank, <laughs> thank you so much for coming, uh, for coming on, just taking us through, taking us through your journey and get a little glimpse into your story. It was just how, how you got here. So it was, uh, it was so much fun to get to be a part of it. And thanks for, uh, thanks for bringing us in. So Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate it.